Are we ready? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm good to go. It's going to be a big one, boys. Yeah. Might have to have a coffee break halfway through. Get Yes, keep that energy up. Right. I forgot a drink. Good start. I'll be all right. <laughs> oh, fuck off. You haven't got a drink. Nope, I'll live. Okay, well, we'll see. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. The biggest pop culture movement since the Beatles. $22.5 billion at the box office. And we found the one guy who doesn't have a clue what we're talking about. With two fellow MCU nerds to help guide his hand along the way, one thing is for certain. We're with him until the end of the line. Welcome to Colin Brain versus the MCU. On your left. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to your favourite podcast designed for your ear holes. Before we even recorded episode one, many, many moons ago, I distinctly remember thinking to myself, if we get to Infinity War, we could call this podcast a success. Getting Colin in front of five films before he declared that he was bored and had seen enough of these silly superhero films seemed impossible without getting him to the 19th film in this saga. That's also not in count, not counting all of the bonus episodes we've recorded too. So today we are at a milestone. We made it to what is now known as the snap. So before we get into what should be an absolute behemoth of an episode, please let me first introduce my first co-host. During an Infinity War, we learn that a lot of our Avengers have ice cream flavours named after them. Rob, if you had an ice cream flavour named after you, Flamer, you heard that right, <laughs> what would it be? I've been thinking about this and I think it would be Trot's Jingle Jangle Java. Brilliant. <laughs> fantastic and of course it is rob say hello hello and last but not least our co-host shall now be known as mystic colin as it would appear you do not want to get on the wrong side of him as in our black panther episode he wanted thanos and in his words to rip that mind stone out of vision's fucking head (laughs) which was scarily and quite bleakly accurate let's hope he makes no similar predictions about myself or rob tonight it's colin brain colin say hello 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 how are we both good man yeah pretty good pumped ready yes primed ready we made it to infinity war uh colin just before you joined the zoom room uh, mm. just then me and rob had the most boring small talk ever um, okay. rob just popped up on the camera and <laughs> i was like Hi, Rob. He's saying, hi, hi, mate. How you doing? I was like, yeah, I'm all right. It's Thursday, but it feels like a Friday. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and Rob was like, why are we small talking like this? To be fair, I did say, a couple of hours ago, I did say to Stacey, I've been thinking it's Friday all day. So uh, <laughs> we're onto something. It's your fault. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> when I'm in work, my go-to small talk, if someone's sort of like, oh, how are you? Like, you all right? You've been up to... And you know, generally, when someone goes, you all right? You go, yeah. You? And you don't really expect to follow up. When they follow up, tend to be going with, oh, I could use a coffee. Oh, that tends to be my awkward. <laughs> don't know about you, but I could use a coffee. That tends to be my go-to, act like a human kind of line. I hate small talk, and I, I can't stand the stop and chat. 
Mm. Like if I'm walking through a town center or, or a supermarket, that's the worst. Oh, you yeah. see someone you know. I hate it, especially when they make that eye contact expecting you to stop because it's always the same. Hey, haven't seen you in a while. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. You? Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's, see you later, mate. It. And it's the worst in in the supermarket because you oh, do yeah, that on yeah, the yeah, aisle yeah. and then you meet him two aisles yeah. later and you have to be like, oh, oh spaghetti okay. this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you, or you, see, you see some like old school friend that you haven't seen since high school oh. and they're like, oh, Colin. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Luckily, I don't have to deal with that anymore. But yeah, that happened every now and again. So uh, to, to any of our listeners, if you see George walking around, um, don't approach please, him. <laughs> please, please approach him as many or times you, as you or can. Or just do the stop and chat, yeah. Trip. Yeah, just wait till he stops. Follow him until he stops, and then, <laughs> then approach. Brilliant. Uh, so these episodes are scarily caught up now. I think we used to have months and months and months in advance, mm-hmm. and we are recording this episode now, and it's not our next to be released. But no. maybe we're two episodes behind now. Yeah, as we yeah. record this, our most recent episode out is Black Panther. Yeah. So yeah pretty close yes uh it's getting very very scary but we are still on track we've got lots of cool stuff coming up as well especially in our bonus episodes we've got some some guests joining us soon hopefully over the next couple of months so uh, we'll be um, changing things up a little bit there as well now before we get onto something else i want to do uh rob i think we should discuss your nickname Mm -hmm. this week for your oh i haven't even seen it yet Oh, just wait. Don't read it. Wait, okay. wait to hear it from Rob, <laughs> <Okay>. I think. <laughs> yep. um, Rob, um, what is your nickname for this week? My nickname for this week is Thanus. Wow. <laughs> Which is, Colin might not know, but is the nickname for the, um, after the Infinity War came out, there was a big sort of internet meme that went about. And Colin's up on these internet memes normally, but oh, yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, just in case. People were saying, well, what was Ant-Man doing? All he had to do was shrink himself, jump up Thanos' ass, and, it, and grow massive. And it um, sort of coined the Thanos plan. Mm. I thought it was just on brand of being like male genitalia. Or maybe not just male. <laughs> just genitalia. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just orifices. Um, weird that I think of, when I hear anus, I think of male genitalia. That's, uh, that's Well, well you are a male? You've got an anus? That's true. There we go. You heard it Venus, first. everybody. My my second Venus. choice, which I was so close to doing, was just the word dust. <laughs> <It's awful>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's too soon still. Too soon. It still hurts. Mm. It still hurts. Now, I recently listened to the beginning of our Iron Man 3 episode the other day. Uh, the five-star masterpiece that is Iron Man 3, by the way. <laughs> and what we are you played... Doing? Why? <laughs> we, I, I don't know. I just listened to it. And we played... A little game at the beginning of that episode, not a quiz, because they will immediately get shot down. And I'm I'm glad you remember. (laughs) (laughs) The first Um, rule. (laughs) The the first rule of Colin Brain versus EMC (laughs) is no quizzes. The second rule is no quizzes. And this little game, I listed a bunch of actors and asked Colin if these actors would ever make an appearance in the MCU. Rob, you also correctly said it was a stupid game because it doesn't necessarily have a payoff um, <laughs> yeah. because Colin's not allowed to know whether he's correct or not in any of his answers. Yeah. <laughs> a very slow payoff because um, we're still not going to let you know whether you got any correct or not. I don't remember um, any of my answers either because it was that well, long ago. 
good job because I'm going to do a small recap for you and see where we are so okay. far. But remember, I'm not going to say whether they are correct or not as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the first actor I gave you was Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. You said no. Yes. He's yet to make an appear an appearance if he mm-hmm. ever does. The next was Paul Rudd, who Colin, you correctly knew, was appearing soon as Ant-Man. Yep. Next was Christian Bale, to which you said no. But not mm. only did you say no, Colin, you yeah. said, I hope not. Um, well, and did I? I <laughs> sounds I, Yeah, it sounds like you, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and listening to it back, I was like, I never picked up. I never, like, went further. I just carried on with the mm. game. So could you maybe elaborate on, I hope not? Um yeah, I, I don't know if I hope not would be my response if you would ask me that question again now, but it would seem a little odd with him obviously being so famously known as Batman. So, and may- yeah, saying that he wouldn't really do any of that again, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and also just he was such a big Batman for so many people. Mm-hmm. I just think maybe the hope not was like, I don't know if he was on screen playing another character. I wouldn't right. be able to not see him as Batman, if that makes yeah. sense. It's all good. Thank you for that. It was just perfect. It was just perfectly on brand for you that answer. I guess, but also like I know that he is obviously known for dramatically changing the way he he looks and stuff for roles. So I think it would yeah. have to be appearance-wise, he would have to be if he did pop up, it would have to be like quite a drastic yeah, change. Well, surprise, you know I mean? Colin. He played Guy Pierce in Iron Man Three. <laughs> <laughs> That's method, baby. <laughs> um, okay, next, um, we said Tom Hanks. Colin said he doesn't see it happening. I stand by that. Oh, next we had Angelina Jolie. It was another no, but you mm. said it would be cool, and you're up for it. Mm. Next was Keanu Reeves. Yet another no. Bear in mind, some of these could be correct because we haven't seen yeah, them. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. I still stand by these so far, though. I'll tell you if I'm thinking, if I'm thinking any ah, different. Ah, if they've changed, the okay. Yeah. Next was Matt Damon, who you said no, but we do know makes a small appearance in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And then lastly, I said Sylvester Stallone, and we got another no, but we now know he appeared in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah, probably do my impression again. Please, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I showed up in the end, and Colin thought I wasn't going to show up, but I did. <laughs> oh, oh, I went dizzy so much then. Okay, that was brilliant. So I thought I would add to the game that doesn't pay off. Colin, shall we add a few more let's names to this it. list? Yeah, yeah, and the night. game that doesn't pay off. <laughs> <laughs> And we will oh, see who shit. you think will appear in the MCU. Um, there is one name in this list. I'm a bit like, oh, does Colin know who this I'll, is? Yeah, um, I mean, there's a high chance I won't. And that's the second name in this list. So we will see. <laughs> okay. So number one. Yep. Kevin Bacon. I don't see it happening. No. Right. Number two. This is the uh, the risky one. Oscar Isaac. Oh, I do know that. It Was he in... Um... Was he in that Ex Machina or Ex... Yeah. Ex Machina. He was also in Dune as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that guy. Um, Oh, I love him. I mean, that's sort of... I'm a bit on the fence with that because he is a lot more of a current sort of movie star and Mm. I feel like there's probably more chance of him popping up than someone like a Kevin Bacon who I would imagine is probably in more of the twilight of his career at this point. 
And I think okay. the last time I saw him was on an EE advert, so he's probably rolling around in that cash. <laughs> oh, well, I think those adverts were paying off for a... Might have to cut this, but an alleged... I think it was because the Ponzi scheme, wasn't it? I think he was, oh, was caught it? up in the, ta- the tax Oh, was so. it? Okay, Brilliant. well, maybe he needs some of that Disney money then. We might see him. Yeah. I'll fact-check that. <laughs> and, uh, before it, before it makes the edit. <laughs> yeah. It's a podcast. Doesn't Number three. Harry Styles. I doubt it, but... He has made a transition into acting, though. Am I right in saying that? Uh, he was in yeah. Dunkirk. Dunkirk, okay. uh, Don't Worry Darling, and he was just oh, in um, My Policeman, I think, for Amazon Prime. Okay, well, I, I will say this, because I'm pretty sure when we did this game uh, the first time round, in my head, I was expecting them to be, like, big roles. So I, w- I, I don't see him being a big role, but I see him maybe being sort of like a Sylvester Stallone... Right. you know, extended cameo or, or something like that in one of these films. I could see that happening, again, just because he's so current in pop culture. Yep. And obviously that that's sort of what a lot of these films like to chuck at the audience, isn't it? So yeah. wouldn't be surprised. So we're a, a, a no for Kevin Bacon, a yes for Oscar Isaac, and a yes for Harry Styles. Yeah, I guess. I don't want none of these, don't want any of these on the fence well, I'm answers. sorry, mate, but that's just life, isn't it? It's not just <laughs> it's always like- yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Murray. Hmm. I don't see it. Mm. Okay. I mean, he's got to be getting on now as well, isn't he? He's getting on, I think. Yeah. yeah. Owen Wilson. Wow. Um, wow. 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 Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Was that, that an does... intentional wow from you, or no? It was just that's a name that I haven't heard in so long, and. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it just brought back some memories of some of the older films that I would have seen him in. And, uh, wow. yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, Bruce Campbell. We've seen him in oh, yeah, Sam Raimi's yeah. Spider-Man trilogy, but will he ever make an appearance in the MCU? Hmm. I think it would be nice to see him pop up because of, you know, his connections with Spider-Man and stuff. Maybe they'll do like a little nod to that series at some point. He might pop mm. up. That would be cool. But also cool. only a small cameo again, you know, like he had in the Sam Raimi ones. I don't okay. see him being a character or anything like that, like a main character. Mm. I'd like to see him, though. I, I love that dude. I think he's fun. He's good. He's a good bloke. Mm. Russell Crowe. I mean, I, honestly, the, some of these go, guys you're talking about are like, must be getting on to the point that I wouldn't even imagine seeing them doing much of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Russell Crowe. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go no on that as well. But hold on, how, how, have I said yes to any yet? I said yes to yeah. two, right? You yeah. said yes to Oscar Isaac and Harry Styles. And how many have you asked me already? Because I've got to throw I've some more I've asked you one, two, way. three, four, five, six, seven. You've got one more to go. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> then I'm going to be quite surprised. But Oh, no, I said, I said yes on Bruce Campbell as well. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. that's a third one. Um I'm just trying to envision where he would fit, like in what world, in what part of the universe. And, uh, mm. But also, I've still got a lot to come, so there might be areas that I haven't even seen yet. Yes, there's a whole phase yet. Exactly. So this is a very tough, annoying game. Um, <laughs> the game with no payoff. <laughs> it's the game with no payoff. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a yes, just because uh, why okay. the fuck not? Why not? Let's throw him in there. And last but not least, Jake Gyllenhaal. Whoa, he's got to be one of my favourites to be to be honest. Gotta um, love a bit of Gyllenhaal. Oh, I kind of hope not. He, he's your favourite, and you hope not. 
Yeah, because I don't want to then have to do a podcast when I go, oh, I didn't really like him in this. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Which yeah. seems to be what happens with most of these episodes recently. So, have you ever um, seen the film Bubble Boy? Yeah, a long, long time ago, though. <laughs> so a deep cut. Gillen he Hall, did that yeah. before Donnie Darko, didn't he? I think so. Then I think they released it after to cash in on the success yeah. of... Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, smart. So it's a, a, a yes, but I hope not. I'm just going to say no, and I'm going to hope that there's some weird multiverse where me saying no manages to change history before I've actually reached the time (laughs) to see it, and he's not in it anymore. However, that's going to work. Perfect. Well, that was the game with no payoff. Wow. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Like the weird little... Is that a meow? Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. Um, so hopefully <laughs> in another six months or so, I'll remember to do a recap and we should then be able to do parts th- one and two of that game and actually figure out how the fuck Ooh, you I'm did. Pumped. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Six months, everyone. <laughs> what a game. Uh, so um, we're still not quite yet there yet. So now is the time for my least favorite part of the week. It's spoiler watch. Um, mm. Colin, have you managed to avoid any spoilers because i think i know you maybe stumbled across an article on the bbc news website not so long ago if you can remember Shit. has he forgotten <gasps> that's good is it yeah. good that's yeah, the end of spoiler watch this week because <laughs> yeah, i definitely i definitely got a text from you saying shit on bbc news of all places i've just read this mm. i mean i obviously did but i don't think it would have been that drastic and, and but, but also, I think because I'm so f- I'm still so far behind. Mm-hmm. Maybe when we get closer to those things, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I remember hearing a little bit about this." Mm. Um, but other than whatever that was, I obviously I know. Well, it's not obvious to the people listening. It's obvious to you two because we spoke about it when we met up. But I know that the, there's a Black Panther, or not Black Panther. There's Wakanda Forever is is about to maybe be released, or it's coming out very soon. As of recording tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Okay, cool. Yeah. I knew. I know that's coming. But yeah, other than that, man, I've I've been keeping my head down. To be to be perfectly honest with you, I haven't even really had time to think about anything. I've been pretty much flat out since I saw you guys mm-hmm. in and out of studios and uh, working on all sorts of stuff. So I'm. He's I'm pretty... a high flyer, really yeah. good at his job. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty fucked well... to be honest. <laughs> Well, keep working as hard, please, because if it means you avoid spoilers, then it works for me. And also, apparently, it means I forget about the spoilers that I've already seen. I, which I is can't even believe better. it. You were so angry when you text me. Um, I, do re- saying, I do recall now going like, as if I saw it on BBC News of all yeah, places. Um, but I love that you forgot it. That's incredible. Well, and it also just just goes to show there's more evidence that literally most of this stuff goes in one ear and out the other when it it's, comes it's to hard MCU. rock evidence that you don't give a shit yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you said it mate <laughs> we haven't even started the background of the film yet so how about we uh jump into that and get cracking on i think now i'm sure you all at home have probably seen that this episode title is called part one we're going to record this all in one long session but to save all of your sanity at home no one wants to hear us babble on for hours on end we're going to turn this episode into a two-parter but obviously before we get to there we've got lots to do first so background to infinity war are we ready boys yep let's go so far so good Skip the compliments. Let's get on with it. 
Okay, so I will open this section with a quote from our Lord and Saviour, Kevin Feige. We had a creative retreat. I initiated them in the summer of 2008 after Iron Man had come out, and then we announced Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, and Avengers. In these retreats, we just get away from everything, away from our phones, away from our daily schedules, to just focus creatively on the stories. We were on our third retreat, perhaps, when we started talking about what would become Infinity War. And in particular, how do we pay off this purple guy that Joss Whedon set up at the end of Avengers 1? And also, how do we intertwine him with all these Infinity Stones that we've got all in all these other individual films? And how do we put them all together? Now, Kevin Feige today still actually does these writers retreats. He takes his whole uh, entire writing team out into the middle of the woods just for weeks and everyone turns off their phones and they like lay the groundwork essentially for like the next few years of the MCU. They are still doing that today. Well, imagine, imagine being part of that. Oh, just to go. This is the next five years. I'm Come on, boys, we're going to center parks. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get yourself a little lodge. Marvel and Disney are probably the only people that could afford to spend weeks at uh, Center Parks. <laughs> so after writing and directing the first two Avengers movies, I think we have mentioned in a previous episode that Joss Whedon took himself out of the running to do any more Avengers movies as he, he kind of butted heads with some of the Marvel creatives during Age of Ultron. And also, as previously mentioned, uh, as soon as Civil War was made, Kevin Feige asked the Russo brothers if they wanted to do the next Avengers movie, to which they obviously agreed and obviously took with them their writing partners from Civil War and Winter Soldier, uh, guys called Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Now, straight after Civil War, they all started to draft up some ideas as to what the hell this movie was going to be and how they were going to make it work. Now, in the comics, there was an Infinity Gauntlet storyline, and Thanos was in it, and he actually had a love interest. His He was in love with Death. Death was a character personified. She was called Lady Death, and he was completely and utterly obsessed with her. And the first draft of the script did actually feature Lady Death. Well, I, I say the first draft of the script. I say the first half of the first draft because the Russos and Marcus and McFeely quickly realized that there were so many characters in this movie and so many plates that needed to be spun. They decided Lady Death maybe shouldn't be part of the story. But now without Lady Death to impress... What reason would Thanos want to kill half of the universe? Because in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, he was doing it to essentially impress her. If you take her out, why is he doing it? Well, from our Lord and Saviour, Kevin Feige again. We talked about his motivation, and much of the motivation connected to Lady Death is about balance. It's the balance between life and death. The belief that life was getting unchecked and out of hand, and there needed to be a correction. We wanted to make that the driving force of Thanos and his backstory. So that's where Chris and Steve and Joe and Anthony found a more natural, grounded way. Well, as grounded as a giant mad titan can be. And then the decision was made in this writer's room to almost approach the structure and the story in a way of telling the film from the perspective of Thanos. You know, this film is designed to, you know, constantly reiterate his motives and what he wants. And it does it many times throughout the film, almost to the point where 
maybe some viewers maybe start agreeing with him obviously there might be a lot of us that disagree with him as well but at least we all get to the point where we understand him and why he's trying to achieve what he wants to achieve and so the film is going to be designed in a way almost where our pesky avengers were the only you know things standing in the way of thanos getting these stones and in his words saving the universe so infinity war could then be viewed in the way where Thanos, the protagonist of Infinity War, is trying to save humanity and the Avengers, the, an- the antagonists or the villains of the film, uh, were trying to stop him. Sorry, guys. Uh, Sorry. You hear that? Uh-oh. <laughs> audio commentary facts. Hmm? So um, the audio commentary was, once again, a delight. It was both the Russo brothers alongside Marcus and McFeely. Um, they said that the way they look at it, much like you just said there, that Thanos is really the the protagonist of the story. Mm. But all the way through, they wanted it to be up in the air, up until the, almost the last moment as to whether it, Thor was the main leading sort of mm. hero of the, the story. He's the one trying to get the weapon to kill Thanos. He's the one with the revenge plot. He's mm. on the typical hero's journey that's parallel to Thanos. They say basically if he had got gone for the head, it would have been an Avengers centric hero force film but he didn't so that Um, was his film yeah very yeah great point uh, so to drive home the point that, you know, the, these, this team wanted Thanos to be the main character in the movie, there was even a draft of the script where Thanos was the narrator. Um, it, so it completely mm. told from his perspective. That was eventually dropped. But I've always been sort of intrigued as to what that could have possibly looked like. Oh, that would have been fucking awful. Could have been <laughs> awful as well. Um, so I am still completely baffled as to how this film was even written. Because Marcus and McFeely started writing this film in 2015, knowing it had to be released in 2018. But they started writing the script knowing that the whole time they were writing, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther were still to be shot and released. They had to take into account that all these films weren't even made yet and they all still were somehow going to impact Infinity War. In their words, they said they were const- they were co- writing a constant moving target. It sounds like hell. They constantly had to backtrack certain elements of the script because things were happening during the shooting of these films. Um, I found an article about this very problem where uh, Stephen McFeely explained, we changed a few scenes very early on because Chris Hemsworth had just finished Thor Ragnarok and read some of our script and said he was concerned. He came in and said, listen, guys, I've been shooting in Australia and we've just done some crazy stuff. Now, this is obviously because Thor, for the other Avengers movies as well, he was he's always originally meant to be like the straight man for a lot of Marvel's more comedic team of characters. But then obviously Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi just showcased a jokier side of Thor and Chris Hemsworth um, that he that they were obviously keen to keep. So then they flew out Taika Waititi out for two days so they could then pick his brain. And then they revamped Thor in the Infinity War script to accommodate his more funnier sensibility, should we say. And then, I, to be honest, this then started this whole snowball of what I would call some really beautiful collaborative efforts. Suddenly, the whole team came together and it it, it fills my heart with joy to read stuff like this. So... 
you know, Ryan Coogler, the um, director of Black Panther, once he heard that the final battle of Infinity War would be taking place in Wakanda, he, he flew straight out to the production offices and provided the team with a map of Wakanda that he and his production team had created just to fill in that little extra context for the writing team. James Gunn, the writer and director of Guardians 1 and 2, flew out as well, came to meet all the guys making Infinity War. Uh, He gave them some ideas as to what to do with the Guardians in the film and even said when they're first introduced on screen, um, how about you introduce them with a song called The Rubber Band Man, The Rubber Band Man by The Spinners. All created, all came from James Gunn as well. So basically, once word got out that Marcus and McFeely had one hell of a task on their hands, it was suddenly all hands on deck, as all the current MCU directors offered as much help and advice as they could. And I know I've said it, it's a beautiful thing, and I hope you guys agree as well. I love that. It sh- and I think this all shows in Infinity War as well. I think it's completely seamless in bringing in all these different characters and previous arcs. And I know it's something that before you even saw the film, Colin, you you said you were worried about it, like how to bring all these characters and tones together. So even just before filming, James Gunn read the latest script. And there's that moment where Star-Lord, Peter Quill, is asked by Gamora to essentially shoot her in the face um, as Thanos has her captive. Now in the shooting script... Star-Lord can't do it. You know, even though he promised on his mother, uh, he can't pull the trigger. Thanos then vanishes with Gamora. James Gunn quickly made his way to Marcus and McFeely as as quickly as he could, because they were about to shoot that scene. And he said, I think Quill should pull the trigger. I mean, yes, he's going to be killing the woman he loves by shooting her in the face, but he loves Gamora more than anything. And we know that the memory of his mother is everything to him too. And he promised on his mother and Gunn felt it would be a betrayal of the character if he didn't pull the trigger. And they said, you know, the characters better than us. And the change was quickly made. And of course, he does pull that trigger. But Thanos obviously has the reality stone by then and changes the blaster to bubbles. He loves bubbles, doesn't he? There's a lot of bubbles in this film. He's got the reality stone. He's not got the imagination stone. He uses (laughs) bubbles about five times. (laughs) (laughs) The imagination stone. Let's talk the snap. So, I think this is our last quote from our Lord and Saviour, Mr. Feige. We I know spend... you saying that. It's really winding Colin up as well. I can almost feel it across the internet. He just does this little nod every time. Uh, <laughs> we spent, it's no exaggeration, years in a room. Myself, Joe and Anthony Russo and our screenwriters, Chris Marcus and Steve McFeely, spent years working on Avengers Infinity War. And one of the fun games we had were character cards laid out, spread on a table, and deciding who was going to go at the end. They moved round a tiny bit, but for the most part, what you see at the end of the movie was what we had determined early on, in large part because it would be the most heartbreaking. Seeing King T'Challa go right after his first solo movie, seeing Peter Parker die just after that relationship had been established between himself and Tony Stark... And it was also a very specific design to leave behind our original Avengers. We talked about that ending for years and years and years. This ending was the reason to adapt Infinity Gauntlet. We asked what was the most shocking thing we could do. We decided let's end the movie with the snap. 
So one thing critics were starting to maybe mention pre-Infinity War, that there was clearly a Marvel formula. Although it was a strong formula, it was maybe starting to be repeated. This formula was tore up for Infinity War as, you know, let's just look at the last two shots of the film. One is what's left of the Avengers sitting on the floor, surrounded by the dust of their fellow team and friends, laying next to an absolutely obliterated version of Vision. And Steve Rogers just saying the words, oh God, it's just, it's brilliant. (laughs) And then immediately cutting to Thanos smiling looking over in his words a grateful universe knowing he just saved it bang cut to credits and so at last infinity war was released in april 2018 just a couple of months after black panther actually and you know we always mention at this point oh this film made 800 million dollars at the box office which is insane obviously this film made 900 million dollars and black panther as we did say actually broke a billion uh, crazy Infinity War went on to make $2.04 billion. It is the fourth highest grossing film of all time. And for once, critically, it was kind of a unanimous uh, success with everyone agreeing. It's Rotten Tomatoes consensus uh, currently reads, Avengers Infinity War ably juggles a dizzying array of MCU heroes in the fight against their gravest threat yet. And the result is a thrilling, emotionally resonant blockbuster that realises its gargantuan ambitions. Now, I can't quite believe we actually managed to see this film all together. If you listen to our pre-Infinity War chat, we did have a little um, talk about that as well. But it feels like ages ago since we watched it. It may have been quite a while ago, actually. But we did stick to our guns. We did not discuss the film or our opinions after it, which was agony yeah. because we knew we had to wait for this moment. So it's time to ask, Colin, Infinity War, what did you think? Yeah, this one, this was a good one, man. I like this one. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you'll take it. Okay, boom. We'll get into more yeah, details. Yeah, we've got a lot to get into, so I, I, won't, I won't hog it all up now. It was a good one. It's a start, Rob. It's a start. Um, <laughs> Rob, how was this that rewatch? That should be a win right now. That, it's that, a win. Honestly, it's... you need to take that as a win, because you're going to be very disappointed if you're not taking that as a win. <laughs> no, no. Trust me. It's a win. Um, Rob, how was this rewatch for you? I've watched it twice recently, so I watched it in the cinema with you boys, which mm-hmm. was a delight. Yes. Because obviously we booked out the cinema screen for ourselves, huh? which is, if ever you get the chance to book a screen out to yourself, a private high or something, Very it's nice. a delight. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. you get to hear George O'Connor shout many a thing at the screen. In my ear. Which we will, we will get loud. to at the, the peak moments. I think I grabbed Colin's <laughs> leg a few times as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was lovely. Uh, it was great to see it on the big screen again. It was everything and sort of epic and... You know, grandiose as it was the first time I saw it. Mm. And then I watched it, obviously, with the... Audio commentary facts. Um, oh, that's a beefy audio commentary. Oh, I bet. It really is full of facts. I mean, many a trivia, so who knows Ooh. how things are going to go later on. Um, yeah, it's so good. It's so, so good. It's been a, lot, a while since I'd seen it, to be honest. Mm. So it was nice to revisit it. Good. 
Uh, Infinity War is in my top three MCU movies, I think. You know, Catch Me on a Good Day, it's my number one. It's between this Civil War and another film we've yet to see. Um, I don't know what I can say that maybe my recap hasn't already said, but I think this thing is a miracle. I think it's a, you know, it's a lovely reminder at the beginning of this film as well, when we see the Marvel Studios logo and the I and the O in studios, you know, turn to a 10 because this was released on MCU studio. Oh, it was on the 10th anniversary of Iron Man being released. And I think in today's pop culture world, you know, where shows on streaming services are cancelled constantly, you know, without giving their audience the resolution they want or seeing other big film studios set up these massive franchises only for them to fade away, much like half of the cast at the climax of this movie. You know, this film should not exist. Uh, But not only does it exist, it blends all of these characters, these arcs, these setups, these worlds together and it feels seamless. I'm baffled how this exists. It's not a film. It's a miracle. And it's ex- it's exhilarating as well, because you just get that sense, you know, 10, 20 minutes into the film where you realise, oh, fuck, they've done it. And you can have that moment where you just relax and then take in all the, you know, the surprises, the shocks, the laughs, and, and, and the emotions that are obviously going to get thrown your way. Uh, can you tell I love this film? Uh, so uh, <laughs> shall we do the deep dive and God help us, there is a lot to talk about. Let's go. Let's dive in deep. Let's. Having acquired the Power Stone, one of the six Infinity Stones from the planet Xandar, Thanos and his lieutenants, Ebony Moore, Cull Obsidian, Proxima Midnight, and Corvus Glaive intercept the spaceship carrying the survivors of Asgard's destruction. <laughs> oh, that was quick. Let's hear it. Audio <laughs> commentary fact. In what was a late addition to the film, the um, distress call that opens the the title sequence showing Marvel Studios and everything, even before the film's properly started, and they're like going, we've got... Loads of Asgardians have been munted, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and and they're doing this whole thing. That is the voice of old Ken Branagh, the director of Thor. He was there, brought in to do the distress call at the start of the film. Nice, yeah, I love that little detail. After subduing Thor, Thanos extracts the space stone from the Tesseract, overpowers the Hulk, and kills Loki. Thanos also kills Heimdall after he sends Hulk to Earth using the Bifrost, and Thanos and his lieutenants leave, destroying the ship. Colin, I'm assuming you might be a little bit confused about that, because I know that you know there is a Loki TV show. Mm. Now, I don't want that to negatively impact your reactions to Loki death, because we will right now promise you on this podcast, (laughs) Loki is dead. Yeah, no, I gathered that the TV show is probably like a prequel or something, is it? Mm. Mm. Uh, and it makes me mm. very, very sad. Um, <laughs> Just a hmm. Hmm. It, does, it, it, it upsets me because, uh, yes, he did start off as, the you know, the MCU's big bad in a way. Mm, but, you know, yeah. he, he kind of evolved into this really interesting character. So sad to see him go. Was it his time or both? Yeah, I think I, think I mentioned in the... Um, in the Thor Ragnarok episode that my my feelings on him would change just because they had sort of taken his character in a away from being like the 
you know, because in the first couple times I saw him, I was like, he's he's my favorite villain. He's, he's horrendous, like a bad yeah. guy. Yeah, mm. like he, he's the one that's going to be, you know, the most dangerous. And then they obviously they they turned away from that over the 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 next few films. So I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't necessarily sad to see him go because I feel like maybe they just had kind of come to the end of what they were going to do with him. It, yeah. it felt like they had taken him in a direction where that that was just it for him mm-hmm. i thought it was a little bit of a shame that he he just went that quick in like the first sort of five minutes of the film or whatever but maybe was... the film needs that big oh yeah oh I mean, look, now anything goes you know if yeah, you kill off yeah. loki in such a vicious manner you know he's he's that choke holds a while yeah and then that you literally hear his next snap at the end i think book ended yeah. by snaps on it this film yeah, there's a lot of snaps. every um Every part of that scene with the way um, Thanos manages to just make even make the Hulk look pretty pathetic in the way he fights him off, and yeah. it was a, yeah, it was a good way of setting up like you know Thanos is is here and he's a fucking big motherfucker and he, <laughs> he is fucked you up. Um, but you know, I was a little bit. It was a bit of a shame that he went out the way he did. I think in yep. in hindsight, when you think about you know when you go back and think about where he started, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, I mean, like you, like we've just said, it was uh, definitely a good way to set up the rest of the film. And also, like, I'm very glad that it was the Russo brothers and Marcus and is it McFeely? You yep. guys were saying, mm-hmm. like, those, those or that team that are behind, you know, I guess Civil War and uh, Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier. Like, I'm very happy that it was that team that got this film to do because. Mm the much more sort of just the darker kind of touch that they tend to put into yeah. these films was a big hit for me for this <laughs> one. And uh, and again, like, what better way to start it than Literally. throwing a lot of dark shit at the It's, it's horrendously being. dark. Um, yeah, and... and that that was cool, yeah. But but yeah, I guess if if we if we're staying on Loki, it, it was a bit of a shame to see him go like that. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, and and like we're probably going to say throughout most of this episode there was a fucking lot of stuff they had to try and put in this film so it's like you know and anytime you kind of anytime there might be a point where i'm maybe saying like oh i wish there was this i wish there was that that's not necessarily taking anything away from the film because there was a it was not an easy task for them to do this film and and gargantuan yeah they definitely did the best the best they could with what Mm -hmm. they got i would say Um, cool I'm still taking that as a win. I'm very oh, oh, it's a win. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, win. Good, good, good. <laughs> um, Rob, you, like we've already said, you know, this wastes no time in getting to the nitty gritty. Are you also see? Uh, are you sad to see Loki go? But you know, let's not forget old Heimdall as well. You yeah. know, Idris Elba says goodbye to the MCU. That's a shame. I was too. less emotional about that just because I kind of knew that Idris Elba had, like chatted some shit about the films. At oh. one point, he was he was like saying, "Oh, one day I was playing, you know, what's it? One week I was playing Nelson Mandela on a film shoot. The next minute I was strung up on and wires like right. Oh, and it sort of it was a bit of a sort of like, well, you took the paycheck. I wasn't overly upset that he really okay. I'm <laughs> surprised actually in that. And I don't think the the character was pretty badass, but I didn't really sort of feel an emotional link to the character it felt like they had built on him though didn't it in the last Thor he, he became yeah. a bigger character in that one yeah he was yeah Loki going I, I really like the the little touch of when he's giving his whole speech to Thanos and he says I Loki and he says 
he sort of glances and pauses for a moment, looks at Thor and says, Odin, son. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a payoff. That's mm-hmm. such a good moment that he, yeah. you know, accepts the fact that his dad was Odin and Thor was his brother and, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't leave it on a sort of dodgy note. But I also like the the fact that his last words and one of the sort of big first sort of, this is kind of like the prologue for the film, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. the opening thing that sets it all off is that he says, you know, his last words were, oh, you will never be a god. And then at the end of the film, he most definitely is. He's very close to being a god, yes. And, and we, in fact, we end with obviously, um, God, you do it again, George, what uh, Cap says. Oh, God. <laughs> so it's it's a very knowing parallel between um we got to start putting of... these on video just so everyone can see Colin just shake his head. <laughs> oh, no, the pain. Oh God. Oh, I'm God. just trying to get through it. Wow. But yeah, like I think you know, that was a knowing thing and that yeah, a knowing parallel from the creative mm-hmm. team to to have him sort of call him out and say you won't be a god and it's never occurred yeah. to me and it's a beautiful bookend. Yeah, I love that. Mm. So, Colin, you know what? Let's go with one of the biggies straight away, shall we? Like we said, we've okay. got a lot to go through. Um, but let's treat this movie how the filmmakers wanted to treat it. Fuck it. Let's mm. do it. With Thanos as almost as the lead character himself. Mm. We'll open with villain time. Okay. How's Thanos in Infinity War? I have a feeling this might be quite a long discussion. Yeah, I mean, well, like, like you already kind of brought up at the beginning, some may say he isn't the villain of this film. But um, if you are going to call him the villain of this film, he's definitely the best villain that we've had in the MCU Whee! by a country mile, yes. I would say. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I just I, I enjoy I, I enjoyed everything about him. To be honest, I, I I would struggle to find negative points on Thanos. The only negative I would say is that I think it's a little bit of a shame that they didn't give us a little bit more of him leading up to this film, even if it was a bit more of like yeah. Just, just some law like people talking about him as you know as this big because because as soon as um, the Hulk ends up, I mean, honestly, I'm trying to remember the uh, order of how this film works, but I'm just going to throw stuff out there. I'm sorry, it probably Do it, a bit we'll help. the place. But there's the bit when you see when it's not Hulk anymore and it's after he's gone flying and then it's Banner and I think yeah. he, he he quotes something like Thanos is coming or he, yeah Thanos he is. says Thanos is coming and then the film essentially starts and we get our okay title yeah sequence. so so that that was like massive for me because it's like if banner is thinking that as like that kind of shows us as an audience just how crazy thanos is yeah. it would have been nice to have had that a couple times throughout the fucking 18 films leading up to this or yeah. however many i've watched so yeah that would be like if i was to find something to moan about that would probably be it but no i mean he did sit in a floating toilet he, well yeah he was on a floating I, toilet for at least i was just film. about to say lo- long gone are the um, moments and <laughs> thoughts of him being only a a purple dude sat on a toilet or like he's like the kind of dad that's like if i have to get up from my seat yeah, exactly <laughs> i'm gonna break loki's neck but now nah, man um yeah the the um you know everything about that i think the the gauntlet and and the stuff like this film was so i don't want to say this is a negative because it isn't it was so like easily digestible yeah. for how big it was yeah whereas in some of these other ones I find myself by the end of it scratching my head like, what did I even need to know from this? And actually, it seems like a lot of it is probably could just forget it's about It's a beautiful it, setup. You know, like you said, it's this almost three hour long film with all these characters and all these plots, but it's down to he's after six stones. Exactly. And then you have this sort of, again, this, I'm not saying this is a negative, this is all positive. It's, it becomes this very sort of simplistic 
like the teams are going to split off into their own little mm-hmm. groups and then we're going to be bouncing between them and each one's you know trying to get to a stone before Thanos does and yep. it's this sort of and like to me it was just a very entertaining mm-hmm. and again like I don't want to say this is a negative but it was a switch your brain off enjoy yeah. the action mm-hmm. to, like just like going on a fucking ride at the at, at, you know at a, a fucking Disneyland or something yeah. just strap yourself in you don't need to do much mm-hmm. You know, as long as you're locked in with the film, enjoy it. Because for me, man, it was probably like, what, two hours, 40-odd minutes? It's about it's two hours, 40, yeah. It did not feel like that. Mm-hmm. And that's always a bonus for me. Um, yeah. And also, seeing it in the cinema was amazing with you two. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very, very happy I got to see this film in the cinema, oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if, it we were had, big... if we were going to do one, it had to be this one. Without a doubt, man, it was massive. But I like the idea of what you said, you know, of it's of its simplistic storyline right we go off in these separate teams and try and get the stones before Thanos does because Marcus and McFeely one of their influences from the beginning was like shall we treat this almost almost as like a heist movie you know mm. we've got to you know treat it almost that way um so yeah and then what about you know uh Josh Brolin as well uh his performance because he was always on set doing this motion capture and he's obviously yeah, um, the voice of Thanos he has been ever since the first Guardians which is mad and finally you know he gets to do something with the character so you know Josh Brolin yeah, um badass yeah, I mean, you, you sent over those pictures um, yeah. to the group chat of him on set, and it's just mad to think that he did that. And also, I think CGI-wise, and and most of most of this film, almost all of it was like there are some shots where Thanos is is photo realistic. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, weird. no. I mean, look, man, you're not going to get many negative comments out of me about Thanos, I'll tell you that much. Goosebumps, goosebumps. I've got to know. So after, one of the few things that was said after we we went to see this was, kind of went, boys, I've got a new favourite character. And oh, I yeah. jokingly guessed, it's Thanos, isn't it? And you didn't say anything. <laughs> it, it is, isn't it? It's not. <gasps> is it not? A new favourite character in the MCU. So your previous favourite character. So yes, to give the um, listeners some oh, context. Oh, yeah, 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 sorry. Um, <laughs> as Rob just alluded to, as we were on our way home. Yeah, because I was struggling, to be honest. I, di- I wanted to talk about it so much. <laughs> yeah. And like ev- every sort of five minutes, I was like, can I just say one more little thing? I promise it's not that bad. We'll, we'll talk about it. And I think one of them was like, yeah, I've, I think I've got a new favourite character. Yeah. But I didn't want to tell you who it was. Because so it, it, it the used podcast. to be Star-Lord? Uh, it was sort of a mix-up of Star-Lord and Hulk. Okay. I think they were my main, my main two. So who is it but now? It's, it's neither of those now. I'm not going to give it to you straight away, mate. We've got a long, long oh, podcast to do it. Vision. Oh. Vision. <laughs> it needs to get to the point where, just for clickbait, you get to the end of part one and you're like, my new favourite oh, character yeah, is. Exactly. Yeah, we'll do it as our ending. <laughs> Tune in for part two. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so I guess same to you, Rob. Uh, how is Thanos for you in Infinity War? Thanos is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, he's an amazing villain. I think what you made the key point of saying that the film makes you understand him. Yeah. Mm. Whether or not you, either side of the fence, you fall, you fall on his, um, with, you know, with his plan and, and his methods, you you never once sort of can't see why he's doing a thing. Yeah. And it's, and it's really interesting and really fucked up in places. Some mm. of the places they go with it, especially the, you know, him and Gamora stuff, which I'm sure we'll get into. Ooh, yes. But yeah, really fucking interesting. And I love that, what really interested me about the um, the film, which I found in the audio commentary facts, was that Marcus and McFeely wanted it to be, I think there's like two scenes of Avengers 
just talking before the plot hits them. And that's like Tony and um, Pepper, Pepper in the park and mm-hmm. um, Vision and Wanda. Mm. And the rest of it is the plot coming to them. You've got yeah. like a short exposition thing talking about the stones in the sanctum and it's like the invasion's here. Um, you know, and then Peter's sort of dragged into the story. Like it's not like he... He mm-hmm. just chooses to go and help out where he can. The next thing you know is he's dragged into it. Everyone's just trying to, yeah. everyone's trying to get ahead of Thanos the whole way through, and no one does. And that's what is so interesting. It just propels it along. It's just so well written <laughs> and um, put together. Oh wow, Thanos is badass. Like I, I, I talked about the effect on it as well. There's um, we've mentioned them a few times on different episodes, but Corridor Digital mm-hmm. on um, YouTube, they do a lot of VFX breakdowns. They do a really, really interesting one with the team behind Thanos and a lot of the Marvel stuff, which I would show Colin, but he's not there yet. Um, <laughs> but Thanos, they point out, like, just, he's got stubble. And it's just like, there's so many, like, yeah, yeah. little details about him. Um, God knows how he shaves that nutsack of a chin. That, uh, <laughs> as, <laughs> as Quill calls it. Yeah. yeah. God knows how he does that, but um, it's just so intricately done. And like you say, it's just believable. You forget that it's CG. Definitely. Incredible. I've said it hundreds of times on this podcast, um, and I've mentioned it a lot partly because, you know, I think it's why Thanos is also my favourite villain in the MCU. Because this is a guy who's saving the universe. You know, it would have been very easy to write a scene in there, you know, showing him maybe doubting himself a little bit. I'm sure it was very tempting, but he's adamant that he is the one to burden himself by being the bad guy and and Mm. killing half the universe to save the universe. You know, he says in the film that he could see this happening when he was back in his home world of Titan. He was burdened with knowledge. He could see that his home world a world that he loved was overpopulated. They were using too many resources and they needed to take action. And as Dr. Strange tells him that action maybe could be seen as genocide. But Thanos says that by killing half the planet randomly and dispassionately, they would ensure their survival for thousands, maybe millions more years. And they called him a madman. And what happened to Titan, the planet died. They ran out of resources, they ran out of minerals, of food, and the entire planet now ceases to exist. So by not killing half the planet, they all died. Like half you, of them could have just gone somewhere else, though. It's a pretty them, big universe. They could have just, yeah, gone, gone somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but then we even see him... He's like, no, 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 they've got, they've got to die, they've got to die. <laughs> but we even see him mentioned to Gamora as well, and we get that flashback of him arriving on her planet. You know, he he says to her, her entire planet was starving. Everyone was poor, um, and much like the people of Titan, they were on the verge of extinction. And then, you know, we get that chilling shot where his army lines up everyone, you know, in, in like two sections in 50-50, and they gun down one half. And then he mentions to Gamora, still to this day, that planet is thriving. Children know nothing but blue skies and go to bed every night with full bellies. <laughs> like, come on! Um, and it's all because he took it into his own hands this time to save their planet. You do all of that for your villain? Then we're talking a game changer in, t- in terms of villains. And not just MCU fil- uh, villains. This film puts Thanos in the pantheon of great movie villains alongside like the Joker and Darth Vader. He's up there now because of this film. 
I'm sure we will come on to Thanos later again too. We are not past the first scene yet, boys. Um, (laughs) Hulk crash lands in the Sanctum Sanctorum in New York City, reverting to the form of Bruce Banner. He warns Stephen Strange and Wong about Thanos' plan to destroy half of all life in the universe. They then recruit Tony Stark. More and Obsidian arrive to retrieve the Time Stone from Strange, drawing Peter Parker's attention. More is unable to take the Time Stone due to an enchantment and then captures Strange. Stark and Parker sneak aboard More's spaceship whilst Wong stays behind to guard the Sanctum. So it's in this scene, I think we get a cheeky but effective, you know, recap or exposition from Wong. Suddenly, you know, he's 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 there to inform Stark, but obviously sure, yeah. also us as well, you know, reminding us about the Infinity Stones and where they are and what they are. And then we move on to another, as Rob says, the plot comes to them. We have another mini battle of New York, I guess you could say. And then Peter Parker turns up. Now, Colin, you did mention a couple of episodes ago that you were having Spider-Man fatigue. Maybe that's our mm. fault because we have piled a lot of Spider-Man onto you recently. <laughs> There's been a lot of Spider-Man, yeah. Were you happy to see him pop up here or was it a case of, oh, this dude again? No, I was happy, man. I, 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 when I say Spider-Man fatigue, I don't think I'm really talking about Tom Holland as Spider-Man because I haven't really seen a whole lot of him yeah. yet. Um, and also, I think it was just like the the origins and it being the first film and everything you know all those ones we were watching at the bonuses and that it felt like it was getting a bit mm-hmm. but this is now nah, it's different and and i'd say it's different for a lot of the characters in this film because uh, th- there's a big difference between watching a film that's just based around one character and then having them as one of the team in a film yeah. it's a very different yeah, way yeah, to yeah. Do it. i was quite happy to see the hair on his arm stand up was that a little hint of some spidey sense yes <laughs> Audio commentary facts. Not only was it Spidey Sense, it also wasn't CGI. Oh. According to the Russos, the hair shot was caused by them blowing cold air gently on Tom Holland's ear. <laughs> I did hear that, yeah. Oh, you said that with such a soft voice. That sounded amazing. <laughs> and I, I remember, like, I think for our Spider-Man Homecoming episode, you said at the end, sort of disappointed not to see the Spidey Sense. And we yeah, were like, yeah. oh, next time, baby. I, um, actually <laughs> think I, I actually think I leant over to Rob and I went, Spidey Sense, as soon as that happened, Bob. <laughs> He did. He looks so happy. Little child. Yeah, he's a pig in shit. He's a gorgeous man. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, no, that was that was cool. And Tom Holland had some. I mean, there's one obviously one big moment right at the end where I think him as an actor was was really shone through. um, Which we'll get to later on. I'm sure part two, baby. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, and and look, I, I know I know from. Uh, the homecoming episode i wasn't i'm still not really that much of a fan of how much he's like very reliant on his suit almost like iron man Mm -hmm. like i'm not the biggest fan of that but i'm totally like accepting of it and i actually think visually and i loved the mechanical legs that he had a lot throughout this he gets a i mean he definitely gets a new suit in this time oh yeah given to him by stark and yeah the the kill mode with all the eight legs yeah yeah yeah. it was badass i'll give him that um it was uh so rob you've kind of mentioned them before like these non-action scenes there's a couple of them through the film but even them they're still quite fun and really interesting right so like you said from yeah, tony so, oi, cut it out what deleted scene number one oh, tony and pepper's chat continues and is interrupted by happy hogan who is in a golf buggy stressed out due to try to keep the paparazzi away from the couple oh they cut happy out the film More shame. yeah 
So, like I was saying before, I literally <laughs> thought you were very angry at me for some reason. <laughs> um, oh, my heart went a little bit. Um, so, you know, new, from... New jingle, baby. Thank, yeah, it's a scary one. From Tony talking to Pepper about, you know, his, his, his dream that they had a kid named after her eccentric uncle morgan um yeah yeah sure um and but then i also really like his interactions with dr strange because obviously tony never gets on with anyone straight away uh it all works right hang on wait a second don't wake him up is he fully awake because you shouted cut it out i think it's rob's jingle <laughs> rob's new jingle is a baby waker <laughs> It's going to be a whispery shingle now. Yes. So now Oi. Now we cut it out. <laughs> Oi. The look I just got. Scares the shit out of me. Um, sorry, what was your question? <laughs> Even the non-action scenes all work and all effective and great. Yeah, I think what they the Russo brothers talk about is this thing that they call strange alchemy, which was what they wanted to see you know, the, the the mad chemistry of putting these two characters together that have never been together. So seeing, you know, Tony and old Benny come come together in a scene. Cut it out. Uh, cut it out. <laughs> um, so was what really interested them. And I think that was what was fun about, especially from that opening scene where you see, you know, the, the magic portal in the park. And you mm-hmm. go, oh, holy shit, he's never met yeah. anyone magic. No. This is completely new. And there are so many new You're selling tickets to something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love, um, also they mentioned in a audio commentary facts, um, Joe Russo said that when Tony asks um, to Benny come, when he said, who's we? Um, he said that we should have, that um, Marcus and Mafili should have put no shit Sherlock as his answer, oh. seeing as both of them have played Sherlock. They both have played Sherlock, yeah, of course. And I think um, they give Strange, uh, no, not Strange, uh, Stark some really, really great lines at the beginning of this film as well. So just before that mini Battle of New York, as he's trying to convince Banner to turn into the Hulk, but he's struggling, mm. it's, it's slayed in the cinema every single time, the line of, dude, you're embarrassing yeah. me in front of the wizards. It's just absolutely brilliant. And um, that tiny little, it's almost exposition in a way of when Peter Parker turns up and he's like, what's going on? And what is it like? These guys are from space. They're trying to get a necklace from a wizard. It it sounds absolutely ridiculous, but that is what's happening. Protect the wizard. To protect the wizard. I I love a, what do you mean you broke up? Like a band? Like the Beatles? Literally what I was just about to mention as well. Yeah, I love the um, Banner's small little catch up as well, because it's effective writing too, isn't it? Because it's genius having Banner suddenly pop up in these opening scenes because he's been off off planet since Age of Ultron. So Mm. how do we catch up our audience on maybe recent films which they may have missed or forgotten without it feeling forced you bring banner back to earth and have him completely in the dark as to what's to happened as well so you know there's an ant-man and a spider-man exactly so when tony says you know the avengers are toast that's when we get that brilliant line like a band like the beatles you know and then that also gives us that also little uh, reminder that steve rogers is on the run that him and tony are still not on speaking terms we find out vision's gone a rogue essentially um it's also worth noting that or rouge oh that's very good actually uh it looks like tony <laughs> is actually about to make the call to steve before they get interrupted and they still never meet in this film do they 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 never mm. have that 
interaction no. still. Very interesting. I'm obsessed with the creative team of this film because especially from watching the commentary is that they talk about all scenes should serve two purposes and if you watch most scenes in the film they do like so even that opening you it well there's multiple purposes in that you've got thor's revenge motivation you've got setting up thanos as a bad guy you've got depowering hulk and setting up the whole plot thread for mm-hmm. him not you know wanting to come out and all that stuff you've got setting up the the stones and what they do there's just so much in every scene. So, yeah, the, that scene with Wong, there may be a few Hulka Hulka burning fudge jokes, but there's also, mm-hmm. in you know, Infinity Stones, te- talking about them, there's, there's talking about, like you say, Banner, mm-hmm. Vision, Cap, all this stuff, all wrapped into And as Colin said, it's scene. all done, right? It's so digestible. You never feel like, mm. what, what, what's going on? I need to catch up, I need to catch up. It's just a very simplistic film in a way as well. That's why I said in our pre-chat that we don't, didn't really need to go over the stones a lot because the film does yeah, a really true, yeah. good job of bringing you up to speed. Yeah. And every scene that follows a stone being gained by Thanos has a scene in which he's shown using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're never at a point going, well, okay, well, what the fuck does that stone do? Yeah. Like, it's, it's really, really well done, really <laughs> cleverly written. The Guardians of the Galaxy respond to a distress call from the Asgardian ship and rescue Thor. Holy shit, I just missed something. Excelsior! Yes, of course. Stan the man, he's the old bus driver. Yep. <laughs> what do you mean you haven't seen an alien before? Something like that, isn't Spaceship. It? <laughs> <laughs> Not seen a spaceship before? <laughs> you little shit. Love him. Thor surmises that Thanos is going after the Reality Stone, which Tanalir Tavan, otherwise known as the Collector, possesses on Nowhere. Colin, the Guardians are finally in one of our team-up movies with the rest of our pesky Mm. Avengers. Does it work tonally? Because to me, on paper, moments like Drax describing Thor as, I think, uh, what would happen if an angel and a pirate had a baby Mm. could maybe be quite silly. Um, You know, but then looking later on in the film, Rocket asking the Winter Soldier how much for the arm. And, you know, that unforgettable moment, you know, when we introduce Groot and Captain America, you know, this is my (laughs) friend, a tree. I am Groot. And then the perfect response. I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> on paper, I'd be very worried. But does it all work on screen? Yeah, I think the balance of, of the humour and, and the tone was actually dealt with really well in this film. Mm. I think, I mean, there may have been one or two of those lines which weren't really for me, but that's just personal preference mm. at the end of the day. But um, I think the way it worked so well is that they, they just counterbalanced it so well with a lot more like deeper, more emotional parts from those same characters. So they weren't just all one note people popping up. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I thought like the, I think probably the guardians, the, the teams based around the guardians were my favorite parts of these, of, of this film. Mm. I think, you know, uh, when is it Thor ends up going off with um, Groot and Rocket. Rocket Yeah, I love those three together. I think um, the Thor and Rocket plot or subplot, or whatever you want to call it, was probably yeah. That was that was great. Um, And I think yeah, all the the Drax stuff was. I think those lines worked, and I I actually think Ragnarok really helped like lay out the groundwork for more of that in a film like this because it it already it already proved how well comedy can be done in the MCU, and I think it probably 
maybe if that film didn't exist some of this some of this stuff might have hit a little different for some people it might have been a bit like a bit bit more surprising but i think that was a good sort of setup for this Mm. um i do think the imbalances came more when it was the captain america um black widow like the sort of those guys were still like so serious Mm -hmm. and so sort of authoritarian Mm -hmm. and and that's where there was a slight sort of uh i don't really know how to balance in the tones maybe yeah i think so i think so but there wasn't a whole lot of that anyway Mm -hmm. so i think you could you could kind of see over that yeah i mean we'll get we'll get there very soon as well because i think a lot of Mm. the vision and wonder stuff is very serious as well Um, it is yeah i'll tell you one thing though (gasps) i know i know um the vision's your new favorite character in the mcu oh fuck (laughs) um no but but i will say something that might shock you is it was insane how much less I disliked him when he was in human form. Mm. When when you see them in Scotland yep. uh, quite early on in the mm. film, there was just something about seeing a human. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think maybe it's it's. Ha- I think it's more of a visual thing for me yep. of why I didn't like I Vision. Mean, I think his the, the character look is way out there. It is quite out there, and and maybe that's why it doesn't work because seeing a character that looks so non-human he's, interacting he's with all these humans. a purple robot that wears a cape, yes. Yeah, and it, and the voice is very, like, it feels like a forced accent and that. And and I don't know, but when, but when it was whoever the actor was playing Paul him Bettany, in, in yeah. Scotland, that, that, that was like, I was a bit like, oh, man, if he stays like this, then hmm. I might be able to get he on board with him. He might be my new favourite character in the MCU. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't stay like it for long, but no. I just thought I'd, let, I'd, I'd point that out because I know that there seems to be a trend of... Hmm me hating on vision and um hey, we didn't it, start that trend Wayne. no i know yeah <laughs> we'll get <laughs> on, on some more vision later of course um mm. rob so how were the guardians for you in infinity war are they essential to the film i think so mm. yeah definitely i think gamora having her be the link to the soul stone because yep. before this film came out to your colleagues of context there was so much speculation about what the soul stone is like is it going to be okay. in wakanda a lot of people thought it was going to be Heimdall because mm. he has yellow eyes and he also says, I see this many souls across the universe mm. or whatever. So there's loads of people theorizing that he was a lick, but I love that it's, they make it an emotional secret for one of the existing characters and for it to be Gamora with the link to Thanos. Yep. It's brilliant. And the things it makes, the ways it makes the characters grow, especially Peter. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's real, real good stuff. And even, they're just really smart. I think even from that rubber band man introduction, just, you can tell they get the tone of the Guardians. Straight away, the second that... The subtitle was Space. Yep. (laughs) Space, and then you hear like these 70s, 80s track start. You Yet again, I'm referring it to cinema audiences because I used to watch them, watch this every night. All it would say was Space, you hear the song, and you'd hear everyone go... Because yeah. they knew the Guardians were coming. And it was just little things like her dancing and singing when Gamora is not a dancer, mm-hmm. as we've already set up. And it just shows that in the time since Groot was a baby to now, there's already been an emotional yeah. leap from her and Peter because she's now singing and dancing along. And It never fails to make me laugh when the song starts and, the, yeah. and Quill goes, sing it, Drax! And the camera pans down and Drax is fast as <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm invisible. I'm moving so slow that my, I am imperceptible to the naked eye. Oh, love him. 
<laughs> no, I, I think they're great. And I think they get they, they write them really well. I think Marcus and McFeely, obviously, from what you were saying, they had a lot of help from people coming in and making sure that their character's choices were true. Thor travels with Rocket and Groot to Nidavellir to insist the aid of the dwarf king, Eitri, in creating the battle axe Stormbreaker. Peter, Peter Quill, Gamora, Drax and Mantis travel to nowhere, where they find Thanos already in possession of the Reality Stone. Thanos kidnaps Gamora, who discloses the Soul Stone's location to save Nebula from torture. As you can tell, I've skipped some plot stuff. I will get round to it eventually. I'm, I'm focusing more on character, maybe, on this recap than plot. We will get to other bits, though. On Vormir, the Stone's Keeper, the Red Skull, tells Thanos that he can only acquire it by sacrificing someone he loves. And Thanos kills Gamora earning the stone every time i watch this scene it still shocks me there's a certain brutality and coldness to how than thanos dispatches of gamora it you know he sacrificed so much and so to stop now you know he's sort of telling himself oh, the death of my daughter gamora will help me save the universe you know she's a sacrifice uh and, and major props to alan silvestri uh for nailing the music during this scene too mm. colin i know you're a big fan of the guardians um i mean gamora is that a big loss i think so yeah i think it's a big loss for sure sad to see a go gamora or galessa oh, oh. <laughs> too soon <laughs> too soon that was uh <laughs> Uh, so are you, are you, you know, you're sad to see her go. Are you, are you gutted when we're not going to get any more Gamora? Yeah, I, I guess that's one thing that I. It's weird, isn't it? Because well, I don't know if it's weird for you guys, but when you when I was watching this film, I kind of wasn't really thinking about any of the other films. So mm-hmm. it's like seeing her die. It hadn't really registered that that means in the next Guardians film she's not going to be around, is she? Of course. If there is these, another Guardians film, I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this was a really like important moment in the film to show the audience that even though it was such a cold thing that Thanos did, mm-hmm. the fact that he actually has love for anything. That's such a massive a moment thing. as well, isn't it? Cause, because, yeah, because initially when... not when, tears for him. Because <laughs> when, when he initially is told like, you know, you have to sacrifice, sacrifice someone you love. She the first starts thing laughing. I'm thinking is, yeah. Mm. And also the first thing I'm thinking, well, this is fucking Thanos, man. He can't love anything. Yep. And then, and then you know, within a few minutes later, he's literally just fucking chucking his daughter off the edge of a cliff to get a stone. You're like, damn, this guy ain't fucking around. And also, <laughs> like, a, a mad loophole, isn't it? Because to, you know, he does love her, but that's not what love is. Like, love isn't being abusive and mm. dismantling, you yeah. know, making your that's true, adoptive yeah. daughters fight sh- each other. Exactly, it shows how fucked up shit. he is as a character. If that to him is love. Mm, and the soul yeah. stone's like yeah that counts <laughs> yeah yeah it's the soul stone that's fucked up he loved it that's that's <laughs> enough that do what do you mean yeah. it's not love okay <laughs> yeah no but it was um i think i turned to you at that point and you were like i think that was you said like that one always gets me yeah or something mm, along those yeah, lines yeah, it's, yeah it was uh, it's horrible yeah 
And Red Skull being there was a bit of a shocker. Red as well, Skull man. is back, and I, I yeah, he's just chilling, isn't he? Just chilling in Vormir. <laughs> I, I mean, I remember that surprising the hell out of me when I first saw him in the cinema. And you'd be surprised to know, Colin, that that was not Hugo Weaving returning to play him. Um, it was uh, an actor called Ross Marquand, I think his name is, and I think it's, yeah. it's a seamless impression. I would not have guessed it wasn't Hugo he's Weaving. He's a very good impressionist. I, I recommend check him out on YouTube. He does these things called micro impressions, oh. which are like like a one second impression but he manages to sort of like mm. encapsulate the whole of a character and he's also in the walking dead which i know you've watched a bit of colin yeah 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 so um, without the red skull makeup you probably recognize him but i haven't really watched okay. the show so yeah and obviously at the same time it's not this massive plot development but it's it's great as well because it ties off that tiny little loose end that maybe we didn't even know was a loose end of what happened to the red skull when he grabbed the tesseract at the end of the first captain america it just seemed to vanish in Gross, midair yeah. um so mm. colin are we it could have been anyone but they've got that whole back history to play yep. with that why not be red skull it works completely yeah. so colin are we going to see red skull again or is it like i said is was it just a tying of the loose end and now it's finally time to put uh, red skull to rest yeah i mean who knows what is next after the ending of this film mm. um so it's hard we to do. tell <laughs> well yeah okay <laughs> i don't know what's next after this film <laughs> i mean look if he's there and he's alive then but i mean why not there, there's there's a chance of it mm-hmm. i don't necessarily see it happening but then like i just said i have no fucking clue what's happening <laughs> next so um but but why not i mean yeah they, I, I can't really remember much about him in in uh was it the first captain america first captain america yeah. christ yep. yeah a long okay. time ago but he he does have he does have a sort of a deep history within the backstory of the shield though from memory right is it was that what he was in there hydra hydra yeah, yeah, yeah. hydra yeah yeah so but that's sort of all been and gone now really isn't Hydra's, it? So, hydra looks like it's pretty much gone yeah yeah so no maybe not but okay. who knows maybe it'll just pop up again they might end up back in that area of of the universe for some other reason mm, interesting um, we shall see i guess we shall see and on that note we're going to wrap up this part of the episode you will have to tune in i'm so sorry guys to episode two for the rest of the film our ratings and our trivia <laughs> Next time, baby. Next time, baby. Uh, As always, please, where you can, rate or review the show. Share it to your friends. Share it with your family. We just want this community to grow and grow and grow. You're all amazing. So the more the merrier. We may be at Infinity War, but as you all know, we have so much more good stuff to come. Rob, say bye. Bye. Colin, say bye. Bye Bye-bye. Stay safe. Stay well. Stay nerdy. Next time we meet, let it be in peace and friendship.